Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. And yes, I'm your host, Kim Doyle. So I know this is kind of crazy, right? Like two back-to-back solo shows for me. And I do have a slew of shows that are going to be coming out. So just bear with me as we get this new year rocking and rolling. And, you know, I was mentioning last time, the last episode, that I want to change up the show format a little bit. And I'm pretty excited because I did actually record. (laughs) It's going to be a two-parter. It was that long, you guys. A great conversation with a friend. So that's coming too. All kinds of good stuff coming. But today's episode is episode 24, and it is titled, When a Failed Kickstarter Leads to a Successful Product. So we're going to jump in. This is kind of long. And I I swear, every episode, I feel like I'm apologizing for my voice. I think I've just got allergies, and for some reason, it fails me to think to take an allergy pill in the morning. So what are we going to do? Anyways, I hope everyone is having a fabulous start to 2019. Man, it trips me out when I start thinking about just time. It I don't know about you guys, but it is flying for me. I will actually be driving down to Los Angeles this evening. Not terribly thrilled about it. This is going to be an interesting episode, you guys. Let me just say, um, I'm in a mood, not a bad mood, but feeling a little, I, I'm not sure. Anyways, my daughter got her own apartment. Uh, she was living with a significant other. And that ended. So I'm pretty pumped for her. She uh, got her own place. I'm a little bit jealous. Like she's living alone. <laughs> oh, spoken like a parent. Anyways, let, let's jump in. So, you know, as I was thinking about the beginning of the new year, I thought <laughs> nothing like starting the new year off with a failed success, right? I know that's totally an oxymoron, but just hang with me. This is this is going to make sense. And let me tell you this post that I wrote out. Uh, it took a little bit of time. It really, there's something about writing out these solo shows that is, I don't know, it, it's its like its own form of therapy for me. I just get to work through thoughts and feelings. And then of course I edit. I do, believe it or not, even though Grammarly might tell you otherwise, I do go back and make sure that made sense. Or in this case, even with the year in review post that both of them were split, meaning I'd started it and then finished it uh, the next day or shortly thereafter. And the tricky thing with that is (laughs) you got to be really careful about where, not careful is not the right word, but but conscious of where was my mindset when I was doing that, especially if there's a few days in between. Uh, And don't get me wrong, you guys, I have plenty of so-called failures. And uh, I, yes, I am totally one of those people that believes that all failures happen for a reason. And they're not really a failure as long as we learn from them, right? Because that is how we learn. When things don't go well, we learn. When things go really well, we learn what worked, right? So I, I don't know. The the whole failure, I have done so much beating up of myself. What a shoulda, coulda, hindsight's twenty twenty. whatever. It is such 
a waste of energy. The problem is when you're the one in it and you're the one experiencing it, you can't see the forest through the trees at the time. Fortunately, um, in this case, with the Content Creators Planner, which is the failed success I am referring to, I should have <laughs> prefaced that a little bit uh, in the beginning. But, um, you know, in looking at this, it was it, it's rare that we get to see those failures turn around so quickly or see the light at the end of the tunnel so quickly, right? So, um, again, I'm talking about the Content Creators Planner, and it is uh, specifically, this is specifically referring to the Kickstarter that we ran, right? So let me back up a bit, and we're going to start at the beginning. I almost sang from The Sound of Music, but I'm not going to do that to you today. All right, so first, why a Kickstarter? You know, honestly, somewhere in my mind, I had this idea that we had to do something like Kickstarter to pre-sell the planner, as opposed to pre-selling it ourselves. I had done a decent amount of research, and by the way, I am still enjoying coffee number two. But I had done a decent amount of research on other planners that had been funded via Kickstarter, and it for some it just seemed like the smart decision. I don't know why, and I don't know. I'm going to catch myself, and there's going to be a whole lot of off script. I have a feeling because even having written this, I, I anyways, let's focus here. Uh, I'd also read quite a bit about how to set your funding goals. Most most articles out there said. The same thing. Set your funding goal at the lowest possible amount you need to get your project off the ground, which totally makes sense, right? And the initial funding goal was going to be a little less than what we ended up choosing, which was 20K. And uh, the reason we rose it, the initial that I was thinking was 15,000, which is kind of doesn't matter since we came, we were just shy of 6,000. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the reason we rose the amount was after having spoken with the printer, we realized we needed to factor in some additional cost. One was getting the planner shipped through customs. It was going to be sh- printed overseas. Uh, in talking with the printer, he said in his experience, 20% of Kickstarter pledges don't end up coming through. So there's that, right? People who have committed to a pledge and then it doesn't actually, the, for whatever reason, <clears throat> they change their mind. The Well, I don't know that you can... I think once you've submitted your credit card, the only reason the pledge wouldn't go through is if there wasn't enough or the money to support the charge, right? Kickstarter fees, which duh. I mean, we had included it. It wasn't one of those things that we hadn't thought about, but I don't think we were thinking enough with the buffer, right? And then, of course, some hard costs for advertising. So we raised the initial funding goal from 15000 to 20000 like I said, Six of one, we didn't come close. Um, although, you know, I mean, I guess we had 6,000, maybe seeing we only needed 15 and seeing, oh, wow, they're almost at 50%. Who knows, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, the other challenge with the Kickstarter was simply that we launched on December 3rd. And <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys. I, I feel like, um, I feel like the holidays, I, I've said this so many times, like I am not working in December. And you guys, I love what I do. It's not that I don't want to work. But I also spent a boatload of my life in retail management. So there is this um, ideal um, about having that space right in December to enjoy the holidays. And so uh, anyways, but the reason we did this was because um the reason we did it was because we thought, all right, let, let's get this done in December. 
And that way we can get the planner into people's hands at the beginning of the new year, right? Like it, there's no, it wasn't going to be beginning of January, but we wanted it sooner rather than later. And this again was all based on the fact that we knew the time frame for printing and we knew what kind of lead time we needed. And this whole project, I mean, I, I've talked about this before you guys, but this whole thing happened from end of August to December 3rd. So we knocked it out. There was a ton of that work that went into this. Um, you know, trust me though, when I say that I'm just as aware as the next person that December is not really a great time to launch things. Although if you believe everything you read in the internet marketing space, there's never a bad time to launch. But I digress <laughs> because truthfully, you guys, I, and I know this is esoteric, but I really believe that whatever you're feeling about something, you're going to bring that energy to the project. So if you feel like, oh, it's December and nobody's going to want to buy because they're they're buying gifts and it's the end of the year and fiscal year's ending and all those things, right? If you're in the States, the fiscal year ends. But I, I think um, we really just thought we wanted to get it out beginning of the new year. So the Kickstarter started off with some great momentum, but as we got closer to the holidays, it started slowing down. And I'm just going to be super direct here too, is that I heard already had some really wobbly moments where I started playing the old stories in my head. Here we go again. This project isn't going to work. Blah, 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 blah. Especially after having come off of lead surveys last year, right? However, I didn't hang out in that space too long, mainly because I had work to do. And I'll tell you, there is something about, you know, it's kind of like, although maybe it's just my work ethic. I don't mean like it's above anybody else, but not everybody believes this. But I remember when I was in management and I had to get to the store to open the building to get people in, right? And so it didn't matter how I was feeling. I knew that people were screwed. I had to get up and I had to go do it. Kind of like parenting as a single parent. Too bad. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So there's something about having tasks that there, it's like this um, this other side of accountability. Shit has to get done, right? We publicly put this out there. We've committed to things. We've said things out there. So I couldn't, I knew that if I fed that nonsense in my brain, that it was just going to get worse. Um, I also knew that we had, have an amazing product. I believe in this planner probably more than anything I've ever done, right? Because I've used it, you guys. Like, I am giddy to to do some of the training. I'm going to get into this a little bit, but some of the training that I've done, it was so beneficial to have the planner pages to map out the first quarter of content for the content creators planner brand. Okay. Anyway, so I remember specifically though when I decided we should pivot from the Kickstarter to pre-selling through our website. It was after we ran the first three live streams teaching how to use a planner, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit, and it was free hour-long live streams, literally where I had the planner pages filled in, I walked people through it, and I'm pretty excited, little side note, little Kim off script was, is, I ordered for myself one of those, um, I've got a couple different tripods and whatnot, but I want to test, this one is how would I say this? Horizontal. So basically, I'm going to use my phone, which I've got an iPhone 10. The cameras are amazing, right? So that I can 
record filling in the planner and talking. So it's like that overhead of a desk shot, right? So we'll be testing that. And I got a little iPhone light ring. So Kim's got some playing to do next week. But we had done, we decided, the this was the week before Christmas, that we were going to do five days of live streaming. Because I'll tell you what, you guys, live streaming works for engagement, for product awareness. Every live, everything that we did, and this was all via Facebook, and I would promote it through my group, my pages, my list, whatever. But sales go up. It, it They just work. I don't know what else to say. If you're going to live stream and you've got a product, doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a course, a service, whatever. But if you can get on camera and, and show the value and how your product, service, whatever, solves a problem for somebody, it's, it's like the dots start connecting in their brains. And it, it, it just works. More on that later. So anyways, we the first three live streams, the first one was on kind of a planner overview, how, why it works, the steps that you go through. The second day was the content goals and campaigns where you create those. And then the third day was using the content strategy map. And I'm thinking like I should probably, I'm linked to, you can go to contentcreatorsplanner.com. There's video, there's screenshots. And just another little side note here, caveat is that we are increasing the size. The original size of the planner was going to be seven by 10. We are increasing it to eight and a half by 11 and we're adding an additional spread. So it just keeps getting better. I'm telling you guys as people use it anyways, but the, the live streams went great. We were selling off the live streams and it wasn't selling, but we were telling people to go support the Kickstarter. Right. And then we had two more days to go, but what was happening (laughs) obviously is that attendance was declining. The closer we got to Christmas weekend, Christmas was on a Tuesday last year. And the last two pieces of training would have been the Thursday and Friday prior. So I just, I I was in this kind of quandary in my brain. Like I said, I was, I was wobbly. And actually I said that I was the last day, but I got some awesome comments and Larry Snow, (laughs) I'm specifically thinking of yours and Paul Lazy reached out to me and and but they just both said really nice things. How can we help you with what can we do? And I, I would have started crying had I still been on camera when I saw those, because that's just where I was feeling emotionally, right? Like my heart is really in this project. And you know, I, I just thought, okay, I think I think we need to make a decision here. And so I did, unbeknownst to Jody, Miss Jody Hirsch, who is my fabulous uh, partner with the planner. Um and Thank God she is so patient with me. But I, I just, I double checked the terms on Kickstarter to make sure that we could start messaging people to place their pre-order through the website. And so where were we at? Again, I'm looking at the days. So I made that decision on the Wednesday before Christmas. And by the Thursday or Friday, and it was a Friday after we completely had WooCommerce up products in, same Kickstarter rewards, all of that done. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> You're still working. <laughs> um, but I just went through and I and I thought, look, if we're going to be sending people to to purchase, to pre-purchase, let's just do this through our site. It, it, it just, at that point, it was pretty clear because the Kickstarter was ending January 3rd or 2nd. And so it was, it was obvious. I mean, yes, we could have had some monster agency order come in. But the point was, all right, people are excited. They've literally just backed us. Let's get them over to the to the website, right? And what was really great was 
we had a handful of people say, you know, if it doesn't get funded, can I still get this? How are you going to keep it going? And so, because people wanted it. So that was great. So right after Christmas, you guys, I personally messaged all of the backers one by one (laughs) um, to pivot to buy through the site. So we were still in the thick of the holidays, right? So now we're going into New Year's weekend. (laughs) But I didn't care. I knew that the people who love the planner would be thrilled that we were moving forward with it. And I was absolutely right. So long story short, I didn't know better in terms of not doing a Kickstarter. And I naively thought it was going to be easier than it was. Not creating the Kickstarter, you guys, because Kickstarter walks you through it. It is not a difficult platform to use. It's do this, do this, do this. Do It was, it was really pretty simple. Um it really was getting it out there and marketing it. So, okay, so you might be asking yourself, where is this successful product you're referring to, Kim? <clears throat> and I'm going to get to that. And But I want to talk about my marketing epiphany. But one final thought on Kickstarter, you guys. And clearly, crowdfunding um, works. It clearly works. But what I will tell you is if you have an audience, if you have a platform, if you have support, I mean, I know we got sales through the Kickstarter from people that I didn't know, but I think for the most part, there was, it was through our own networks that the majority of the sales came in, <coughs> excuse me. And when I look back at it now, I mean, I, th- I want to say when we pivoted the sales to the site, again, Friday of New Year's weekend, we had like $1,500 in sales in, in less than 24 hours. So it goes to show you people want it, right? I mean, I look at the whole thing as we got massive market validation. We're on to something. It literally just needs to be put in front of more people. But if anybody out there is thinking about doing a Kickstarter, I would be happy to chat with you and go deeper on this. But I think I would try other avenues first. That's my two cents, especially since I shared last week that we had tested running some ads. I'd rather send the traffic to my own site. All right, so... Let's talk a little bit about this marketing epiphany I had. As much as I'd like to tell you that this epiphany was one specific moment in time, it wasn't. It's really been a few years in the making. <clears throat> so I'd say it was mid-2016, I made a very conscious decision to go back to the basics and focus on fundamentals. I'm saying it with that tone because I feel like I've talked about that a lot. But <clears throat> I was coming off the tail end of a high-ticket mastermind And you know what's funny with this even is I got into a discussion. I'm in a very, very small private kind of mastermind group on Facebook. And somebody had posted a question about going to participate in another mastermind. And I probably sounded waffly, like, it's great, but right. And then on the other hand, it's not even the other hand, I think so much of these things come down to self-awareness. And in participating in this conversation, in this thread, in this group, I realized a couple things. First of all, when it comes to a mastermind, if you're going to join it, ideally to leverage the mentor, leader of the group, just go into that really, really aware um, that reciprocation I don't know, you guys, I've really had a lot of thinking, I guess, on reciprocation and how this all works. And I'm much more interested in traffic that I control and own. 
and I will always support people. I think I talked about this last week too, but the mastermind, you got to go into it if you're going to do something like that. And what, what are you going to get out of it? Because you're going to put the time and energy into it. Let go of any expectation of what other people will do for you for having been in it, right? I mean, yes, you're going to make great friendships and connect with people. Um, ideally, you're going to leave with something tangible. The part of the mastermind that I was in, great experiences, great friends. It shifted some of my mindset with what I could charge. But, you know, I had then had an experience, and I've talked about this before, um, with an ad agency who they got in and did a ton of work. And so the cost of that, like I saw that ROI so much faster versus you want to make sure you can really say to yourself, what do I need? If you need help getting the work done, then a mastermind is probably not the right place. At the same time, if you can do the work, but you don't necessarily know in which order or the appropriate strategy, you know, there's a ton of balance in there. So this is not for or against, but my decision, like I said, in mid-2016 was, look, I need I need to go back to basics here because I think when I was in that, I was still the WordPress chick. I had done this done for you podcast service. We had had outsourcing. None of those felt, they didn't juice me the way all this content stuff does, right? So let's just say that. Like I have never had this much clarity in my business. Um, but, you know, it's really important to look at what you need. And I felt like I was on the hustle wheel, right? Which is like the entrepreneur's version of the hamster wheel. And I wasn't doing anything I was enjoying. So I got so caught up though in the high ticket sales and offers that I found myself with a business that had too much overhead and very little joy. And it it would take me a while to pivot out of all of that, but it, it did happen. So that's when I decided I was going to focus on content, which I always love creating, relationships, copywriting, and mastery. Whatever I was going to do, I wanted to do it well. So these are all things I've talked about in other episodes. And most of you guys know I'm a huge fan of doing the work i.e. stop planning to plan. That just gets squirrely. But one thing I don't think I focused on enough, as I've discussed, this is something that is priceless. It's who you become in the process, right? So when you make the commitment to yourself to show up and do the work, life gets easier. There's way less drama and shit starts to happen in your business. More traffic, more sales, better quality leads, all of it. You just start saying to yourself, this activity is a waste of time. It's not getting me closer to my goals. And what am I doing today to make the sale? You you start shifting that mindset. You know, I've never been one to shy away from doing the work. Sort of. Because truthfully, it depends on the work, you guys. Creating content and showing up has never really felt like work to me. Right? Like sitting here recording this podcast, writing this post. It was it's enjoyable. Well, I would say the showing up is a little bit subjective also, but I will save that for another episode. Um, But ever since I've been a little girl, been a little girl, ever since I was a little girl, I've, I've just been someone who needs to create. So much so that I will own that I do have talents and strength in this area, right? But most importantly, I love doing it. The work that I'm not super fond of, sales and copywriting. I've gotten much better at both in the past couple of years, but I can say without a shadow of a doubt that neither has gotten the attention they deserve. Could I hire someone for these things? Sure. 
But good copywriters are really expensive, as they should be. And I never quite felt like I had my offers dialed in, which gets in the way of selling. And it's 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 like this, oh, like the light shines, right? The skies open up and it's like, oh, now I get it, right? It, it It's just all of these things have to be lined up. And if they're not, it's probably not going to work the way you want. I'm not saying they have to be perfect, but it, it's that, you know, I've talked to you guys about you get clear through doing the work. And I've watched too many people like just try to come up with an idea and ask questions. Here's a great example of the value in getting clarity through doing the work. So I've got my membership, which you're going to hear be hearing more about, Creators Nation. And uh, Mike Killen of Sell Your Service did a guest expert training yesterday on getting started with automation. And he was talking about one of the things he said, which is so brilliant. And by the way, he's got a book called uh, Single to Scale that I've started reading. It's fantastic. But he was talking about the fact that you can't automate something you're not doing yet, right? So if you're not creating... I don't know, content, or if you're not emailing your audience, does it matter? You, why would you jump into automating? And and he refers to automation as obviously systems and tools, but also having a VA do things once you have processes in place, right? But the point is, Mike was sharing how their sales call, one of his email sequences where they have people get on a call, and the thing is, there's a piece of that that they can actually close those sales out getting on the phone now because he had so many phone conversations. And so it's one of those ideas where you think, oh, this is the problem, or this is the issue, or this is why people aren't buying. But unless you're going to talk to people and really dig in and find out, then you can't put that information into copy, if that makes sense, right? So I definitely think that for me, it was not knowing really, what is the problem I'm solving? Who am I helping? And and what is the difference here? So not to mention you guys, the message that we get shoved down our throats that we have to sell without selling. For the love of all that is good in the world, can we stop acting like we're not supposed to sell things? I, It's just, the reason it doesn't feel comfortable is because you don't do it. I'm going to tell you that when you feel really good and you know your thing solves a problem for somebody, it doesn't feel like selling. And then it becomes this game is not the right word, but it becomes playful to create the offer and connect with people and solve problems. It's, but this idea that God forbid we sell, oh, for the love, let's just all agree to stop perpetuating this message, okay? Because truly, if you do your homework and you really study selling, good selling, copywriting, and the psychology of why people buy, you're going to stop thinking that making an offer instantly turns you into a creepy used car salesman circa 1978, right? Like picture them, like the short sleeve shirt, the tie, the creepy mustache, the bell bottoms. Um, And nor does it mean you have to behave like the Wolf of Wall Street, right? You do not have to have a love of greed and money and all things that show you're loaded. Create something that solves a problem for your audience and make the damn offer. (laughs) Whether or not it succeeds out of the gate does not mean you don't have something of value that people need and want to buy from you. If one person bought, there's something there. I really believe that. And those times when nobody buys, 
that's probably happened to most people where they put something out there and it was like, wow, it fell flat, right? It tends to be, and I am going to pull in Russell Brunson. If you've not read Expert Secrets, you should, but it's about the hook. And and none of these terms are bad, you guys, but you have to know how to present the offer to get someone to buy, right? I mean, you stop to think, I don't know why restaurants always pop in my head with examples, but when somebody describes food, you can have the exact same thing, but a better description is going to make it sound way more appealing. I couldn't really think of a specific food, but anyways. So, you know, this is why our failed Kickstarter is actually a successful product. We received massive market validation that this is something people want. We had plenty of people message us, like I said, through Kickstarter asking how to get it. Would we be moving forward? All of that stuff. People want it. All the pre-sales coming in through the website also dictate otherwise, right? So what really happened then? Well, not enough time equals marketing fail. You know, and this is the marketing epiphany in a nutshell, you guys, is that I had never given, I have never given enough time and energy to marketing, which sounds funny because, I mean, I feel like I'm out there and I'm doing the thing, but there's a difference between sending an email that's easy and saying, all right, do I have an automation sequence? And that's an example that brings somebody through the flow. And I've had plenty of, you know, email opt-in sequences. I don't know why I think it was just a crazy year for me. And I was pivoting to the new brand, but you have to walk someone through. And when they're consuming your content, when they're consuming your emails, they like what you're doing. Give them an opportunity to buy from you or work with you or whatever, right? But my ready fire aim is great for testing things, but I know better now. So we had this insanely short timeline for the planner. Like I said, we went from idea to Kickstarter launch in literally three months. And it was not a desperate, we have to sell something. It was from, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We need to get this in people's hands as soon as possible, right? We simply did not give ourselves enough time to market and get the word out, period. So knowing what I know now, again, I don't think I'd ever run a Kickstarter again. Not because it doesn't work, but because really we're doing fun on our own. Pre-selling isn't anything new in this space. I have an audience. There's no point in giving away a percentage of sales. We did a very short test of a Facebook ad, like I said. We initially had some great numbers, but we didn't run it long enough to know if it was really going to do what we needed to do. And this uh, Daniel Danes hut, thank you again, Daniel, helped me with the ad. And so he literally broke down based on the numbers we had with the Kickstarter, based on the time frame and our ad budget, what we needed to do to hit our funding goal, right? So um, I turned the ad off as soon as we made the decision to pivot to selling directly off our site, because otherwise I was basically paying to send people to Kickstarter and then I'd be asking them to move again. So I'm going to be turning the ad back on soon, but it's going to be driving traffic to our website, right? Uh, The other uh, oh so obvious (laughs) piece of this is we simply need more people to see it, which takes time and money. So the entire experience was a huge wake-up call to me. So, you know, so often I've gotten frustrated, you guys, because I do something, i.e. make an offer, and I don't get the results I want. And then I make up stories as to why it didn't work. And again, these are those stories I was talking about earlier, all the negative nonsense that happens in your head and does nothing but rob you of time and energy that could be spent elsewhere. So now I'm super excited. I feel like I've solved this missing piece of the puzzle. And 
the truth is, I usually have the time. I mean, I'm a pretty busy person like most people, but it's being more disciplined with that time and saying, all right, close distractions, do X for two hours, whatever that is, right? So, and I think the other piece that's been really helpful here is having, for me, accountability works. I don't want to let Jody down. I want to, I don't want to let you guys down, right? Those of you who have, who have purchased a planner. Um, and if you haven't, what are you waiting for? <laughs> but, you know, I just, I'm, I'm excited. It feels really good. It feels solid. Like this is just, we've built a, a, an amazing product. And this is literally version one, right? So we have so much runway. And the crazy thing is we've already got, oh, it's just fun. We've got some sort of niche things that are going to complement it, as well as two other potential physical products that support it. So like I'm, we're going, right? This is literally only the beginning of the content creators planner. We're in this for long haul and we want to help our customers get out of their own way when it comes to creating content. We believe in it a hundred percent. Okay. So I know a lot of this probably feels intangible. So let me give you a better rundown of what this means and what it looks like in terms of moving forward. And for what it's worth, you guys, you know, my, my everything is content, right? Which it's funny. I'm not, I so believe everything is content still, but I really believe it's contextual. That's probably a whole other episode. But as I was creating the podcast post, as I was writing this out, I was also doing the planning. So it was sort of this win-win in terms of, a you know, you kill two birds with one stone. So moving forward. Now that most of the foundational work is done, creating the product, the website, we've gotten the validation, the brand building, and the marketing really begins. So as I was finishing up this post, I started looking at the handful of things that need to be dialed in that should stay in place through version one. And when I'm talking version one, don't worry, you guys, we don't have a definitive plan on version two. It's really going to start to take shape after more people start using the planner. And once you start using it, send us your pictures. We're going to post them on Instagram. We're going to post them on the site. We're going to be working through coming up with some hashtags that are fun. Um, But there are a handful of primary areas of focus for the remainder of quarter one. So the first, obviously, is printing and fulfillment. We've had a few things change with this. And our priority at this point is to get the planners shipped as soon as possible. So We've narrowed down a couple of things and expect to have the final decision within the week, which means the printing is going to begin. So initially, you know, we talked about, um, and we we may at a certain point, but we were going to have them printed overseas, larger quantities. Obviously, anytime you print something, the more you print, the more cost effective it is, right? But we've had a couple snafus <laughs> with the printers, so... Needless to say, the binding might be different. The content is still going to be the same fabulous planner, but the binding is probably going to be different for this first version. And we'll see. The goal, of course, is that this lay flat. It needs to be easy to write with, easy to use. So the printing and fulfillment is getting dialed in. We've looked at a couple options. It's amazing, you guys, when you start looking at something you've have no experience in. Um, I've got friends in e-commerce and and ship products and stuff all the time. But the crazy thing, and I guess, I guess this is just life, right? But the varying degree of cost where on one one hand we could be quoted, you know, a dollar twenty-five for fulfillment, meaning pack, 
and you know picked and packed or whatever you want to call that um to two something 250 and it's like all of a sudden you're going oh i'm adding like three to five dollars per planner for this piece so it it's just been fascinating it really really has been fascinating and i'm sure you know at the six month mark uh we'll be sharing more about shipping physical products and and printing and having a physical product company um, the other thing is, so I'm recording this and this will be published on Friday, January 11th. So if you are listening to this in February, well, that's probably a moot point, but I'm going to share it anyways. So the Kickstarter rewards are going to end. What we did is we literally pulled all of the same rewards. Like we have a content mastery, uh, content masterclass. I think that's what we call the content masterclass. Uh, that will be deployed. Uh, we'll release that in February for the early backers. Plus we had stickers and a couple other things. Um, but the Kickstarter rewards are going to end this weekend. So the new pricing, the regular pricing of the planners will go into effect Monday, January 14th. And the truth is, you guys, there's not a significant difference in the price. We just are not going to have the rewards in place. We also, you know, we debated on ever selling the PDFs. But until we have a way to ship it more cost effectively for people outside of the United States, it just makes sense. So we will be selling the PDF, the price is definitely going to go significantly up on the PDF. Because it was again, it was a Kickstarter thing. So and just as a side note, we any updates that we make to the planner, the PDF will have to be repurchased just like the physical planner. So it's, you're paying for the content. I'm not going to go into justifying that. It is what it is. Um, but again, those, those prices are going to be ending. So the regular pricing will go into effect Monday at January 14th. Uh, the content mastery course, <clears throat> again, this is one of the rewards. So this will be getting delivered to the customers who purchased through the deadline afterwards, it's probably something that we will do a webinar and sell the course and you will get the planner, right? So this is one of those things where it's you test different offers. So on on one hand, here's this useful planner. On the other hand, it's like a workbook that complements. So the content mastery class though will not be available to just customers. It's, it's going to be something separate that stands alone um, and can be purchased through. I don't know how that's going to work yet, but needless to say, that course is going to be delivered in February. Uh, Customer membership. This is a big one. And this is for every customer, whether you have purchased a PDF, a physical thing, or a bulk agency order. We are going to have a free customer training area. This is all being done through Kajabi. And it's going to be sort of like the live training we did but I'll, it'll be shorter videos, <clears throat> excuse me, not an hour long. I, in terms of training, it's like, we'll go really specific and really narrow on each of the pages and talk through some of that. And so we'll be adding to the customer membership as people continue using the planner or when we make changes and updates, but really, um, the, uh, customer membership, like I said, should be, I'm thinking that might be the end of February. The mastery course will be there. Of course, there is some live training. um, But I will probably pull the live streams that we've done. We have two more that we're going to be offering next week. We have two more where we're going to walk through using the calendars because we have a monthly calendar and a weekly calendar and they are different. 
And then the statistics pages. We've got a monthly stats, a week, uh, excuse me, a monthly and quarterly. And one of the additional spreads is going to be doing a little bit of weekly tracking. So the weekly tracking is going to be sort of broken into what you did actually accomplish that week, as well as maybe a little bit of reflection. At the end of each month, we do have sort of a notes and reflection place as well. Um, But we've had some requests for a little bit of weekly tracking as well. Uh, Podcast. Yes, we are launching another podcast. Well, we're not launching another one. I have this one. Jody and I are launching one uh, called Creativity Published. And this is specifically for the content creators planner, that brand, right? So the first five episodes are all mapped out. We just need to get a few things dialed in to begin recording. But what I'm looking at with this, I love the name and shout out to vendor. Thank you for helping me come up with that. But we're going to look at sort of creativity online in general and how people are bringing their creative projects to the world. So one of our guests will be my dear friend, Rita Sapara, who has written an amazing book called Heartwork Journaling, but it's using watercolors and journaling. And and she does a ton of visual live streams, obviously what else is live stream, but meaning the live stream, you can watch her paint and she's working through her process of Heartwork Journaling hugely unique, right? Or people that are doing, maybe they're doing crafts, maybe they're other journalers, right? Or, you know, design. So it's really going to have a bent specific to creators, creativity, right? But, um, and it's not going to be just me. So Jody and I will both be doing it. It's I'm excited. So that was another thing that was great was, was doing these live trainings of the planner. I was mapping out our content. So boom, first five episodes are done. Um, There's just a little bit to do. And that again should be uh, uh, February launching. So content (laughs) is the next key here. Obviously, a huge part of our growth strategy is going to be content, right? So like I said, I've mapped out the initial content using the planner. Now it's just a time, it's a matter of jumping in and and doing, doing the work which it's, <laughs> it's not a big deal, guys. It's, it's just one of those we're still doing, I don't know about you, but niggly things tend to feel like, ah, like just making a list of nigglies. I tend to do this like, okay, what are the little random things that need to be taken care of? And business or life, but to me, it's so much easier to get the work done when you get those niggly things out, right? So that's kind of where we're at. Once we have the products just up on the site, the Kickstarter rewards are done. That's essentially turned off, for lack of a better explanation. But once that's turned off, then I feel like, okay, Kickstarter, situation, pre-sale, whatever, done. They will probably be still, I would say, pre-sales through the end of January, but the rewards are going to cancel. So again, we should be shipping beginning of February. That's the plan once we dial that in. Um, so content, though, has to start happening. And so for me, that that means either bringing someone on right now to help with the planner because I can't do both brands like across the board. And Jody obviously, is going to create content and do all of that. She also has a ton of client work. This is pretty much my focus, this and Kim Doyle, right? So I've got more time in that in that aspect. Um, but truly, it needs to, we, we need to dial this up significantly, turn the heat on. So, um, and then lastly, you guys, is marketing. 
you know, we're going to be turning the Facebook ads back on, like I said, um, creating a webinar and beginning outreach. And the outreach is going to be for us to be interviewed on other podcasts and live streams, as well as doing agency outreach, right? I, I think the content planner could be huge for digital agencies and how they can plan what they're doing, measure what's working, you know, get an entire team on board, all of that kind of stuff. Oh, and of course, then there's the other piece of making sure the PDF is compatible with like iPad Pro, Notability, some of those apps, but that might be quarter two. But the marketing piece of this, there's definitely um, paid traffic, I think, is going to simply be an ongoing piece of the puzzle, period. I don't want to be in a position where it's like, oh, we're not going to run ads. I, I want to do that. And like I said, though, the ads, my whole spin on this, and you're going to get more of this as we dive into it, but is running paid ads to content, bringing people into your world, building a relationship, and then making an offer. So, you know, that that's kind of, <laughs> there's a lot there, right? Like this, oh my God. So I'm just going to reiterate the primary areas of focus for the remainder of quarter one for this planner, printing and fulfillment, Kickstarter rewards ending, the content mastery course, the customer membership, launching the podcast, creating additional content, and marketing. So there's a lot to do. <laughs> to mention, like, I have half that stuff to do for Kim Doyle. Um, But you know, it's you guys, it's been a crazy. Oh, gosh, I would probably say four months, you know, from the time this came to fruition. And I'm, I'm just excited about it. I literally have zero regrets about anything. I have no judgment about the way things were done, could have been done any of that. Because we did it. You know, I, I think we deployed it. People are loving using it. I'm loving using it. I am super excited to have the larger pages uh, as opposed to the seven by 10. And I want to see how other people are using it. It's going to be, I think a lot of our content is going to be sort of that user generated content as well as doing some fun outreach. So here's a little side note. Um, when it comes to outreach, and this is again, where my daughter is brilliant and helps me out a ton. But we made a list, I want to say like 10 influencers, we did reach out to Gary V didn't even get a response. But that's all right, you know, Um, got a few responses, though, from other people. And a couple of ones that were really, really nice. We're just going to send them a planner anyways, right? So there's going to be that piece that works into this. And, oh, you know what I just realized I missed on here is our lead magnet. We've got to get a lead magnet up on the site as quick as possible. I have a couple ideas on that. We've got some options for upsells. You guys, I'm just, I'm like so beyond giddy with where things are headed for this. It's just, you know, taking it one day at a time and doing the work. So that's it, you guys. It was uh, it was a wild experience. To anyone who is thinking of a Kickstarter, give yourself more than anything, give yourself way more time than you think you need. And I think I have done that, I don't know, I wouldn't say ignorantly, but naively thinking it was going to be easier than it was time-wise. You know, I'm even looking at where I was talking about having a signature course. I'm going to take all of quarter one to get that built and mapped and plan a relevant and appropriate launch to give it the due justice, not like, okay, well, just because you can create it fast doesn't mean you can market it fast. (laughs) 
So really just keep that stuff in the back of your head. And, and I would, you know, another two cents for you would be to look at when you have done things, how they've worked and ask yourself if you gave yourself enough time, if you gave yourself enough of a runway, that's the best, best way I can explain it. But um, that's it guys. That is <laughs> the failed Kickstarter that has led to a successful product. And I'll tell you, I, I look at how much we put out in a short window in terms of marketing this. And I'm like, all right, I guess that's what we need to be doing consistently. And which means Kim probably has to get up earlier, do her hair way more frequently, <laughs> be on camera much more often. But know this, you guys, I'm not somebody that's ever going to get up and do a live stream just to talk at you. I want to have a very specific point. I want to engage and give you something of value. I just, I'm not the talk to talk person. <laughs> Although you may disagree after listening to the podcast. Anyways, I love you guys tons. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not got the planner, again, go to contentcreatorsplanner.com and just click on the store. I'm just doing this as we speak, literally, um, because I believe we have, um, there's a couple buttons to purchase, uh, order your copy. Just, I would go to the order, the green order button in the top right will take you to the store page and that will give you the Kickstarter rewards. We have some great agency packs and whatnot. Just remember the binding is going to be changing a little bit. I'll have an update for you on the next episode. Obviously the update will be, uh, probably happening before the episode comes out, but I will be able to give you an update on that. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. I think, um, stay tuned though. And like I said, I mean it, you guys, if anybody is considering a Kickstarter, I'm happy to go into more detail individually. Um, not that maybe you don't want to take advice from me, but I think what I would do differently, right? I could go into more detail there. Anyways, I love you tons. Thank you so much for listening and have a fantastic rest of your morning, afternoon, or evening. And I'll talk to you next time.